You're listening to Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast, discovering our inner depths, one fathom at a time. Hey everyone, it's Creek. Welcome back to Fathoms and Enneagram Podcast. This week and in the next few weeks, we're going to be doing something a little bit special. We're going to be having some uh, friends, some listeners, some other guests uh, to come on and just kind of have a live Q&A or, or have just a, a short little conversation about a topic. And how you can help us is by asking questions, by giving us topics, things that you are interested in learning. I know sometimes the Enneagram can be such a complex system, and I know for us, it's difficult to know where to start and where to end, uh, especially in such an age where there's so much information. And I know sometimes we don't actually know what we've communicated clearly about and what we haven't. So help us improve this podcast by giving us your feedback, giving us your questions. Hey, can you explain this a little bit more? Can you explain this a little bit more? It can be as simple as what is the Enneagram or as complex as some instinctual variant something or other. So feel free to reach out to us through our Instagram account at fathoms.enneagram or any of our personal accounts. I'm at Creekmore Music. Abram is at Integrated Enneagram. And Drew is at Enneagrammers. So without further ado, here's our first mini episode with my dear friend, Stephen Alcock. Today we have Stephen Alcock. Stephen, how are you, sir? Wonderful. Thank you, sir. How are you? Doing great. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Who is Stephen? The essence of Stephen? Or the <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a great Enneagram intro, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I am a f- documentary film producer, creative, and also a business consultant. So that is that is part of who I am, fellow mm-hmm. adventurer, truth seeker, universe <laughs> explorer. Wonderful. Yes, Cheeky. Wonderful. <laughs> Cheeky. <laughs> Cheeky yes. little man. <laughs> Stephen, how long did it take you to cultivate your fake British accent? <laughs> <laughs> About a year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where are you located, Stephen? I am located in North London. North London. Um, true story, despite what people may say. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. And what point on the Enneagram do you most relate to? Eight. Very, Eight. very strongly. Very strongly. Yes. And and what about yeah. that point is uh, rather exposing for you? Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, no, of course. I think I think it's just the kind of the, the way I interact with life, the surety of which I go into everything. Um, it's definitely something that's reflected in, in an eight for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. You had a question for us. I did. I want to know. Seeking seeking the depths of your wisdom here. <laughs> yeah, pray tell. <laughs> Do our Enneagram numbers play a role in how we form habits, either good or bad? And how can we become more aware of why we are doing that? Hmm. So does Enneagram type play a role in habit formation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My response to you would be, what do you consider to be a habit, Stephen? Something that is a behavior that we do repeatedly. So then I would On say- a ab- basic level. Yeah. I would say absolutely yes. I think in some ways that is a foundational kind of component 
of an Enneagram type mm. is a set of habits and patterns that you've developed over time that in many ways are on autopilot, right? And right. hopefully the knowledge that comes with knowing your Enneagram type helps maybe raise some awareness so it's not so unconscious or mm. automatic. So mm. you can start to evaluate the habits you have. So yes, absolutely. Yeah, and to follow up with, with that, you know, one aspect of type is it's functioning as a defensive mechanism for our psychological safety. You know, the, the more that I think we suffered in childhood, the more we needed that our type as its patterns to cover over the vulnerability in our head and our heart and our body. And so the more we use those, more we use those patterns, then the more we mistake those for our identity. And so to the extent that we are, are using those patterns for who we think we are, the more we are not able to be present or stay mm -hmm. present. And I think then we're more likely to be unhealthy because we're trying to use those patterns for every situation rather than as one of nine really great options for, for each moment appropriately. Does that make sense? Sure. If most people are looking at the Enneagram without much understanding of what it is, maybe they've seen a BuzzFeed article and they're comparing it to sort of a Myers-Briggs personality test. And so they're maybe identifying with a specific yeah. number, but they're using that then to just explain and accept exactly where they are, exactly how they respond and what they do. Mm -hmm. How does the Enneagram teach differently to, to that normal sort of uh, response? So we often think of like... we. Initially, we think of like habits as um, I always walk the dog or I, I always drink coffee in the morning, something along those lines. And those are external behaviors um, that many people do. However, why you do them is going to be different in typically nine ways. Mm. And so the difference between Myers-Briggs or, or other personality tests, more they're talking about traits and propensities rather than motivations. Mm. And the Enneagram is speaking to the motivation of what is the underlying reason of why you think cutting your grass is important to do in, a, in this specific way. <laughs> right. And, and yeah. not to get too obsessive that every single action needs to be psychoanalyzed to the nth degree, but it's something to be curious about of why, what is keeping me doing this thing and is it actually helping me or is it mm -hmm. hindering me? Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if this is terminology, uh, I don't know if it's English speak or not, <laughs> so, but to, to, pi to piggyback on Creek, uh, <laughs> to piggyback on Creek, you know, that is the, that's one of the most important distinguishing differences as well is once you know your motivation, then you know that you can do something different. You know that once you see yourself operating from that space, you know that you can begin to make different choices. Mm -hmm. You know, the more you see it, the more you kind of open up your conscious choice rather than oh. like Creek was mentioning, you know, Myers-Briggs or Strength Finders tells you this, the static definition of who you are all the time. When the Enneagram right. says that's not who you are, now that you know that's not who you are, you can do all these other options. Uh, it. Right. And that's why I tell people it's it's two things. The Enneagram shows you your personality, but it shows you you're not your personality. It shows it, So it also shows you your potential to become more and how mm. to become more as you yeah. notice your personality in real time. That's a good point, which is why, Stephen, you as a dominant type 8 and me as a dominant type 3, we could have some of the same sets of habits. In fact, we probably do. <laughs> I would venture <laughs> to guess. Uh, but 
we would be doing those sets of habits from very different motivations, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that, that kind of why behind those um, is really important. Notice I did not say piggybacking off of Abram <laughs> because <laughs> so my father is an animal scientist. <laughs> so therefore I know piggybacking is how pigs sexually reproduce. So there you go. <laughs> that is that you feel is free to cut that genuinely. out. <laughs> No, that's too good. That has to stay in. <laughs> Definitely this, not what I meant. No one means it, right? This when changes they say that. the more <laughs> My goodness. Uh, wow. Well, uh, Stephen, <laughs> thanks for hopping on yeah. for this wonderful, my confusingly Absolutely conflicted <laughs> episode. Um, oh, it's one of the best 15s, I Hey, said. can I recommend yes. a book? for anyone who wants to learn more about habits, because I, I just read it. Actually, I listened to it through Audible. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Mm. And uh, it's just a brilliant book of not only gets into how habits are formed, but how you can form new habits. Mm. You, and it uses a lot of science and neuroscience psychology to make small incremental changes that have a long-lasting impact. Mm. So I, mm. I couldn't help but think of the Enneagram as I was listening to it, because uh, that's really the work, I think, once we realize our dominant type and how it uh, has impacted us, how it has helped and hindered us you know, over the course of our lives. Mm-hmm. I think the tendency might be to overreact and just, like for you, Stephen, maybe to just not be an eight as much as you can, mm. which doesn't work, by the way. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. So I think a better approach is more like slow, incremental change at an atomic level you know, that mm, meeting sure. atomic using the very small level that over time sets a trajectory. So the difference would be like if you're flying out of LA to New York, right? If you point the nose of the plane, maybe one degree further South, mm. you'll end up in DC. You know, that would be, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the principle behind it. So I find it really helpful. Mm. Maybe right. others will too. One yeah. more, one more note on that is I was having a discussion with my housemates um, recently about systems, not goals. Oh yeah, and creating systems and habits that get you to where you want to go instead of a specific goal of I want to have this amount of money or something like that. It's like no, just continually doing those small little mm-hmm. things create systems in which it becomes habitual and right. patterned that that take you where you want to go instead of you grasping for the thing that you want. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think you you kind of hit on it when you bring it back to the idea of habits. You, you're examining why, and we're all going to have a different reason based on our number and a motivation for why we form that habit, whether it's self-defense, mm-hmm. self-preservation, whether it is to prove ourselves, whatever the case may be. And if we can build in those little kind of daily steps, put those systems in place, it, like you said, Creek, it's not going crazy and, and rejecting who you are in favor of something that you think is better but it's just mm-hmm. taking those small little steps the same as we would with our habits to move us towards where we'd rather be exactly that's delightful it. that's good Stephen thanks so much for hopping on uh, I know it's late pleasure. there head it's off to fun. bed yeah thank you Stephen thanks for <laughs> staying up for us yeah my pleasure my pleasure guys take care alright bye Thanks for listening to this episode of Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast. 
If you found this episode helpful in any way, consider sharing it with a friend or family member. We are so honored to be on this journey with you, discovering our inner depths, one fathom at a time.